and we're off. Yo, should I give the update about the housekeeping stuff up front or should I do that afterwards? Go ahead and do it up front. And then uh, if you want to skip it, if you're not interested in it, you can go ahead and skip the next like minute or whatever. Yeah, I'll just be quick about it. Um, yeah, so, all right, last week, fucking, it's funny, because introing this, it sounds like it's so fucking serious, like, this is an emergency. Um, but um, last week, there was an update that we got a new Twitter account, and you can hit us up on that. And then instantly, uh, as literally as so- we were still on mic together. Yep. Uh, after we hit record uh the account got banned so i'm confident that i can get myself unbanned because really it's just coh's being banned that fucked me because we were sharing an account guilt Um, by association yeah but i never i i didn't do nothing right so (laughs) so i should be good uh but i don't think it's gonna change soon so um i'm gonna encourage everybody to hit us up or to check in on us on our youtube account um youtube is kind of not the best form um but it works well it works well for people we like um and uh yeah i'm just gonna tell people we have on to just try to get to send people over to our youtube and we'll we'll make text posts there and and all of that good stuff and i think that uh also worth pointing out that uh you know we might get banned over there too. So, yeah. so we will keep you guys up to date and, and that will be good. But um, yeah, we're on thin ice with the YouTube moderators already. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. Like I said, I'm a little wiped out. Been traveling a good bit, uh, playing some music, feeling pretty good about that. Um, and then, yeah, oh, just yeah. kind of kicking it, man. I'm pretty happy to get back in the rotation get this recorded uh maybe start bringing on guests next week um and get rocking yep and i think next week next week we've got somebody in the bag i'm not gonna say who um to not box ourselves in and also to maybe stoke a little bit of excitement but it is it is it is somebody that i think listeners will be We'll be pretty stoked on. I'm pretty stoked on. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. So friend that's that's sh- my show. Th- yeah, friend of the show. That's my that's my little bit of spoiler is it's 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 a guy. It's not a girl. So that's the only hint I'll give. Um, that's probably pretty much a given though, just based upon like our milieu and our past guests. Yeah, it's and I a low hate women. Of female. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But uh, we should try to get yeah, any humor on, bro. Get Amy Schumer on. Get Amy <laughs> Schumer and Amy Therese on for one oh, extravaganza. Fuck me. Um, yeah, nobody knows. It's highly classified, and I've personally got these classified documents in my home um, <laughs> illegally. Word, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just forgot. I forgot. So and so, there we go. Segway. I want to hear your take on these Biden documents because I've got a take. I've got a take. Um, and I won't be moved on it, but, but oh, why, don't okay. you, why don't you intro the topic? Why don't, why don't you tell me what's bouncing around your noggin with this? Yeah, man. So as usual, I don't know a lot about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but I have seen a lot of alerts popping up on my phone about uh, more documents found, uh, classified documents found at Joe Biden's like think tank, I think like that. And then also his private home and some other places like that. Um, and it started maybe like, about a week ago is when I started seeing them pop up on my phone and I read into it and it was like, 
classified documents at Biden's think tank. And it seems like in politics, this is to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, there's probably classified documents at all these. I like I like tanks. I like the idea that like that, like a Joe Biden think tank is like another name for like a cognitive care center for people with Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> They're training them how to think. The cow goes moo. (laughs) Or maybe they're all doing all the thinking and then they just kind of put it right into his brain. But I guess that's really what's happening. So Um, that's that's literally. So, I mean, I kept seeing it pop up and it, like, I don't know, in a certain circles, I guess it's kind of damning in a way, like in the same sense that like, you know, you shouldn't have classified documents outside of their respective locations. Um, because of like national security or whatever the fuck for um, people that respect the process for process lovers this yeah. is this is devastating yeah and it's it's nice because it's just kind of like the other foot to the Donald Trump ones and it kind of seems like there was a long time spent amping up the Donald Trump Mar-a-Lago documents where they were like yeah this is really going to be it like the FBI raided his house we're going to fucking send his ass to jail. We're indicting him for this. This is treason. This is all this. And now we're finding out Joe Biden's doing it too. Um, and I mean, once again, I think it's probably a given. I mean, it's his think tank. They're the ones that look over policy and like do shit like that for him probably. So, I mean, it's a, of course they're going to be looking at some classified documents and shit like that. Now, should they? No, of course not. But are they going to be? Yeah. Um, I'm just happy that they got caught in the act of doing it now this time. But I don't think it's going to amount to anything at all. All I'm seeing now is like <laughs> these like articles written where it's like, well, he apologized for it. They, you know, they they just don't know how those papers got in there. They must have been slipped in with some other unclassified documents or, you know, stuff like that. He's just a doofus that forgets things and this, that, and the third. So while I think that just it's... bounce around his pocket like a handful of Werther's originals. <laughs> yeah, he's having to like dig through all his hard candies to find them. <laughs> Ah, geez, Jack, I'm sorry. I just slipped my mind. <laughs> yeah, I am. I do think it's going to be nothing, but I think it's funny. Um, and I think it's also nice because it's just like pointing out the hypocrisy of the situation and, and the media in general, how they're covering it. I don't think that they're getting a lot of frustration. I mean, obviously, Fox News is going to run it pretty hard. Um, but oh, the for sure. digital media that I've seen as far as like articles and stuff have been pretty easy on them. The tone has been very lenient. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, my take on it is that this shit's fucking gay and like that, yeah. that this shit doesn't matter. And that straight up like like people people on the right that are going to do the thing where they're like, oh, hypocrisy and like Trump and Mar-a-Lago. It, it's like this, this is such a great example of the like, but what if but what about, you know, th- this would be so different if 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 this was on the left, like in my right hypocrisy, like this is a great example of that because. I don't know because I mean whatever I mean they never fucking like 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 boomer boomer cons like never fucking learn and so this probably won't mean anything but mm-hmm. it does it doesn't fucking matter they all do it people should be fucking Machiavellians about it presidents should steal more classified documents oh yeah definitely the presidents should do it more it's literally cool and good that that Biden did this um and if you don't think that then you're a fucking loser and dark brandon dude dark (laughs) dude honestly again i think that was my ultimate contrarian taking a while was that dark brandon as a meme is funny to me (laughs) honestly honestly because dark brandon sounds like a nickname for like it like 
Joe Biden's only black friend in the 1950s. It sounds like a like a second grader, and like he's (laughs) on the intellectual level of a second grader, and so it's just it's just funny to me, dude. Yeah, Um, dude. But yeah, man, uh, dark. This is this is classic dark, Brandon. Fucking, I didn't give a shit at all when um when Biden or sorry when Biden. Oh God, when when Trump uh, took shit. Uh, I don't give a shit about it now. I bet Obama did it. I bet fucking mm-hmm. Bush did it. I bet Clinton did it. I bet fucking Nixon did it. I bet everyone did it, dude. Yeah. Um, and there's and degrees they, to these things, they, well, well, and if they didn't, then they should have. Because, <laughs> like, I just don't, you know. Yeah. So so I, I, I don't really give a shit about this stuff. Um, I think the stuff for, like, for Trump was just, like, communications that he had done, too. Like, it's like some things may be classified that have basically no relevance to national security or to anything else where it's just like, maybe this was just it's a totally speech draft. irrelevant. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, who gives a fuck dude, if he wants to take his speech drafts home or if he wants to run them by his fucking mm-hmm. think tank or whatever to do it, like, yeah, of course he's going to do that. I have no real problem with it. Um, I well, wish I thought, that we had people who were capable of doing their own thinking, leading the country uh, and didn't have to outsource it to fucking think tanks, but you know, we know we're in this boat. So, yeah, I mean, well, and, and, um, um, okay, and so here's the other thing. I have no fucking idea what the documents were. Right. And that's by design because I don't fucking care. I'm never going <laughs> to learn. I'm never going to read about this. I don't give a shit at all. I give a shit enough for us to discuss it here because I think that focusing on this is a fucking waste of time. Now, like, if people can, you know, you know, all it's, you know, it's the game, right? And so, you know, like to the extent that it's something that you can meaningfully hammer your opponent on, then like I expect people who are in the business of doing politicking to politic in that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd um, like to read Donald Trump's response. Like if he put out a press response in regards to Oh, I'm to sure the, it's sassy as hell, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that might be something good that came out of it. Just a little bit of low entertainment value. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, beyond that, fuck it dude yeah but it's, it's the funny, well the funny thing about it too and, and i don't i really don't mean this in a good way one of the things about one of the things about it that's funny is that like it's just it's like kind of hard for me to imagine biden as he currently exists now being any kind of any kind of menacing or like conniving mm. well that's by know? design too isn't it though yeah, that is, and I and as I'm saying it, I feel a little bit wary, and so mm-hmm. maybe, dude, maybe that's the psyop of having just like a literal retard be voted hundred percent, dude. The Oval Office is just like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this being so attached to him, it's like I don't, I don't find him intimidating at all. Um, yeah. Honestly, that's why Dark, Dark Brandon is is funny to me. It's because it's like he's like he's like mentally fucking six years old. Yeah, it's like a real reversal of the actual reality. Whereas, like the dark Trump thing was like Trump was actually kind of like out here, just like I'm gonna do some of my own dark, shit. Dark MAGA, I, excuse me. Or dark MAGA, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm not thinking about blackface Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He stayed in that's a tanning Je- booth a little Jesse, too long. That's Jesse Lee Peterson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. Uh, while we're talking about Biden, dude, one fun thing I saw this weekend uh, on the road was I saw a window decal on the back of this green truck and it said blm in really big letters and underneath it it said 
Biden loves minors. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. <laughs> God damn, dude. Boomers just, just when they know how, they just, they go pretty hard. They do, bro. They do. And it was like, it was 100% window decals that that person had made themselves. Like they had a machine to print out the things. Like it was not a professionally made. They did not buy this on like fucking whatever the, uh, teespring or whatever those websites and stuff are no they made this right that like you like upload the image and then they print that shit for you yeah yeah red bubble or some shit they they got they got like the they got like the squeegees and the and the brushes in their in their garage (laughs) yeah they're they're putting that shit together it's like band merch for them yeah they change it out bi-weekly too like it's a fucking status yeah dude for sure for sure yeah Um, that was fun so i mean so, I mean, people that love the process, man, that's something that I've been fucking thinking about. And maybe we'll get into that, into this next topic that I'm segueing into now, because process lovers, mm-hmm. my least favorite kinds of people under democracy, uh, we're also having a fucking field day recently about fucking Speaker of the House shit, right? So what, how many times do they end up voting for for the Speaker? I think it was like... I think it was like 15 was the last count I got. Yeah, it got to a point where it's like, let's just fucking, I'm not even going to keep counting anymore, dude. I lost track of that. Yeah, so so basically what happened, and again, um, politics is fucking fake and retarded. So, <laughs> but it's happening all around us. <laughs> all around us. So neither of us are fluent in the, the ins and outs, bean counter aspects of this. But I have the broad strokes, and frankly, I'm, I'm a big fan fan of people just having the broad strokes oh i love broad um, strokes i love broad all of it <laughs> i love broads the strokes were growing up those first couple albums some of my favorites so broad strokes what's not to like <laughs> um and so yeah man so basically they're uh the gop wants to put in uh kevin mccarthy as speaker of the house um, I, as I understand it, the, 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 the MAGA, the freedom caucus, mm-hmm. they, they want to, they want to get some concessions out of the motherfucker. Um, okay. and so they're holding it up. They're holding this shit up. Kind of like the Nancy Pelosi thing with, uh, the healthcare okay. previously. Oh, you're talking about force the votes. Yes. Which, uh, would you believe it is in my notes here? Oh, there I we go. I want to talk about force the vote. Well, I won't rush you. Let's is, get there. <laughs> this is interesting. No, it's good. This is, it's okay to rush me on this. Uh, yeah. So, so they're pushing and they're, uh, they're, you know, they're trying to get some, um, some concessions here, which, which is funny because again, like libs, um, do the thing with just, just totally, totally intentional ignorance. I'm surrounded by normies that were like, talking like oh my gosh like you know what's the definition of insanity trying the same thing over and over again this is just gonna be all they're doing right and just like like intentionally borderline intentionally just 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 not trying to understand what's going on at all Mm -hmm. um but still wanting to have the loudest opinion on it yeah exactly exactly it it was it's it was a very clear mechanical form of politicking um, which unfortunately is the least interesting form of politicking to me because I don't care about like the rules and mechanics of our democracy. No. I think that my, the point I was going to get into, and this is my little, my little sneak peek of it is that I think that that's counter revolutionary. I think that it's, I think that it's a, I think that it's like a, 
it's like a milk substitute, like yeah. fucking almond milk or oat milk, where it's like you, it's like you're getting it, but you're not, you're not getting an actual political consciousness here. You're getting, mm-hmm. you're getting a knockoff product that makes you feel like you're doing politics, but all you're doing is learning like, oh, well, it, I, Trump has done this time because they need to get X amount of votes and this thing mm-hmm. needs to go through and then they'll impeach him and then it, all these steps. And what it does is it gives you the impression of, of like being on top of shit more than the, the others around you. Mm-hmm. Um, when all you're doing is just learning fucking useless, opaque, baroque rules that is just a waste of fucking time that's not going to help at all and you genuinely you genuinely would be spending your time much better if you like read some fucking philosophy or political Mm -hmm. theory genuinely and and i you know broad strokes figure it out yeah and that's just you know that's rely that's like within the realm of politics, ultimately you would be better off like doing some fucking push-ups and meditating <laughs> and praying. Yeah, yeah, get, like better off getting close to God and trying to love the people around you, bro. <laughs> yeah, get your fucking head right. Um, but if you want to do something, you know, uh, politics related, like, yeah, like fucking the theory cell option is infinitely better than being like a, well, on page five, the rules <laughs> say, um, yeah. So, so anyways, um, Kevin McCarthy, he's in now, and uh, the the Freedom Caucus seem to have pretty effectively uh, stalled this and bargained for um, some 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 real concessions that are that are big for them. Uh, not least of which being, you know, my favorite, which is um, um, taking uh, taking a real a look at the the defense budget. Mm, um really and uh put yeah putting that on the chopping block uh so you know am i optimistic that that that'll turn into something i mean not really um but the fact that something something that's a good demand that's a reasonable demand that like people should get behind regardless of if you're like on the other side of the aisle or what like that's a good bipartisan issue is defense budgeting uh, cutting that down and like demilitarizing a little bit. I think a lot of people see eye to eye on that now, especially people that are on the further, like not really radical, but you know, more unconventional sides of either the left or the right. Yeah. I mean, not, not to say that either of them are this, but like they at least ostensibly pose as the representatives of yeah. this. And, 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 and that makes them, to be honest, even more hateable than mm-hmm. normie. It makes uh, them a little bit, a little bit scarier in the sense that wolf like, in sheep's clothing. Yeah, exactly. But um, but I mean, this is something that like Ilhan Omar and Matt Gates have recently been like, "This is good. We like this." Wow. So, you know, that's something. Um, so but yeah, yeah, what, I what mean, else do they get out of it? Because all I was seeing was just people bitching about it, like just a bunch of articles about like, "Will this ever happen?" Like, what, the right can't figure out what they're doing and all this crazy shit. Um, and about how they're pausing up the due process and all this in the third and throwing a wrench into yeah, everybody it. Everybody loves their fucking processes. Yeah, dude, um, I fucking hate it. Well, we're all process thinkers now and system thinkers now. I think is like or at least I'm, dude, I'm processing how much I fucking hate these people. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't fucking know, man. The main thing I focused on because it's positive. There could probably be a bunch of fucking bullshit in there too. I don't fucking know, but the main thing I got is the defense budget thing. Okay, um, so they actually got somewhat something out of it. Like, so what? Yes. They're going to appoint some sort of board or something to look into it now. Uh, I, I think, I think, it just something to the effect of 
a little bit more scrutiny on the, on the defense budget for this. Okay. Year. Yeah. That's um, reasonable. Yeah. I'm happy about that. That's cool. Um, but again, I mean, it's going to take very little for me to get, um, pilled on, you know, actually it's a bad thing with some look at it at the fine print. Um, oh yeah, dude. Ultimately. I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say what you were talking about with people who are all nose in the system type people. It's just like, it's just like being very knowledgeable with textbooks, but not actually being able to put together the topics behind it and like actually understand the concepts that it's trying to cover throughout the whole book. So you instead just learn tiny little sections one week at a time. And then at the end of the year in class or whatever, you don't know what the fuck you just learned, but you were really good at just spouting out individual things that you heard that week. And that's what these people end up doing. It's like that. But also if it would also be like, if the teacher literally maliciously used obsession (laughs) with a textbook as like a fucking trap for people to waste their time in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which um, is kind of what the education system is, to be fair. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Education's definitely a... Well, yeah, I mean, don't get me started on that. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, this is this is just force the vote, okay? Yeah. This is just force the vote. And uh, I don't really... I don't put any fucking stake in force the vote ultimately anyways because mm-hmm. these people are just fucking wolves wolves and sh- wolves wolves and sheep's clothing in any case so it doesn't you know it, it was that would that have been the most meaningful victory ever no right but but the fact that the fact that they wouldn't even fucking do it in the first place um and the amount of shit that was thrown on people um for for wanting to do force the vote is yeah. it's fucking hilarious um they effectively did it um and they won and it shows it shows the difference between these factions and it shows um, the people on the right are a little bit more motivated to actually follow through on like what yeah. their side wants because they're in like they're further from power so they have to actually try to make some concessions to you know the people who are going to vote for them so it, at least that's what it looks like from here yeah, I mean that's absolutely right. And the Freedom Caucus are fucking absolute duds in mm-hmm. in, in as far as I can tell. Um but so who is the Freedom Caucus? Up. Like uh is Marjorie Taylor Greene and I'm assuming is one of them. Matt Gates, Lauren Bobert. They might have gotten a couple more. I mean, I don't know where Vance is, is at in this. I don't even know if, if Vance is oh, dude. the wing of government that it's it's relevant for. But I mean it's it's not I mean the, you know the free the midterms was supposed to be like that whole faction's fucking showing everybody up and mm-hmm. they it, it's not a good time to be with them right now yeah but um, i will be honest dude i was in ohio uh in october late october leading up to the election and motherfuckers out there loved jd vance he there was yeah. well he won lines everywhere yeah so i mean he's one of the really fleeting success stories mm-hmm um, yeah, it's actually there was a really big flop actually in the midterms for that. Uh, like we were saying, the Peter Thiel gang. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's the whole takeaway of the midterms. That's the whole dominating narrative, and it's true. I mean, so I guess you got to have a movie and a book deal in order to win that that racket. Something like that. I don't fucking know. Um, 
but yeah, man, I mean, I don't know. I want to get, yeah, I, I'm curious to, to probe into your thoughts a little bit more about it. I mean, this really is pretty fucking one on one to one with its yeah. comparison to force the vote. And it feels like a little bit of a throwback. Yeah, um, no, definitely. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, we're just on a repeat cycle again. Um, but it just kind of morphs its face a little bit different each time. And yeah. what we're seeing now is the quote unquote system mechanics happening uh, just on the other side now. Um, and it's very interesting because, yeah, like you were saying, the, the left was not able to success, successfully do that. They didn't organize it effectively. They didn't make the demands hard enough. They didn't actually end up getting any concessions. They didn't actually ever do it. Whereas the riot, I mean, these people, the Freedom Caucus, even if they're fucking buffoons and clowns, they came together. They organized more effectively. Uh, and then they made these demands. They stayed pretty much resolute with at least that demand. Uh, until they got concessions, um, which I think, A, shows that they have a little bit more balls in that regard. And I think it's pretty much just like a good lesson overall in the fact that like people on the right organize more effectively than people on the left, um, just across the board usually, whether or not that means that it's... Uh, and I don't know if that means at a global scale, but I mean at, at like a individual politics and American scene scale, people on the right are a little bit more organized because I think there's less to disagree on. I mean, I know that there's, I know there's a lot to disagree on, right. Within the right, but, and the left people just make up new ones every single day uh, in order to just create more division. Whereas in the right, I feel like there's just kind of set ones that have always been around and you just kind of know you got to work over some of those things in order to do that and build some sort of coalition. But on the left, it's like, well, now we got to worry about fucking people with, you know, six tits and green eyes and, purple hair or something that's a category we got to worry about and then there's division and stuff like that from there so it shows i think the right is a little bit more effective for organizing i'm not sure what lesson you know who needs to learn that lesson or what they need to do with it but that's something you can take away from that and also that they have more skin in the game in regards to actually following through even if it's just symbolically for their voters and for the people that represent that they represent yeah 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 i i I think i think it's 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 a a more coherent um base Mm -hmm. for sure um clearly not as much as we thought since midterms went the way they did but yeah um, i just don't know if they were putting the like were they sending their best you know what i mean that's what i'm always thinking it's like i think that i I think the midterms was like a disaster in messaging yeah uh, exactly and so i don't think that the that's necessarily an organizational problem as much as it is just like, I think they just took the wrong lead. Um, and I think the narrative kind of moved past them. Like I think that a narrative was playing hardball and they had to play the game or they didn't have to, but they did. Um, whereas like, I don't know if that was so much cause they didn't have the support uh, as much as it was because like the machine just kept moving and they had to move along with it. And with that, they ended up leaving people in the dust that would have supported them had they not, you know, said whatever X thing. Yeah. 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 100%. I, uh, I think, I think that, I think that the right politically is a much more coherent and viable vehicle Mm -hmm. than the left is. And even in this insanely bad weakened state, they like just accomplished something that like mechanically the left was incapable of doing mm-hmm. like, just a couple of years ago. And, and those are the strongest speaks for itself. The people on the left that were attempting that to 
a few years ago were the people who were like the shining stars of that movement of the left. Whereas I don't really view like the Freedom Caucus as much as like people who are poised in that way. Um, they're a little bit more like I mean, the, the rejects that happen to pick up the, the, the handle for it, you know? I think it's probably safe to you on the ground have a much better read of like red America than I do. And so I can't speak to it as much as you can, but, but, but I really don't, I don't really know how conservatives feel about, about those like kind of public figures we're talking about here, like the Boberts and the, and the gates and everything. Um, I don't think they have as much support as like the fucking squad has from people on the left and like, you know, the younger generation of people on the left. I don't think that like, you know, uh, Lauren Bobear gets that kind of energy on the right. Uh, like mm-hmm. AOC does, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, AOC is a fucking dork and I think that people, come... I do, I don't know. I, that's, but that's the other thing is I realized like, I don't really have my finger on the pulse of libs anymore either though, because like, I like assume Okay, all right. Normies, like, it just, sorry, not the masses, right? Are like, are like, just kind of drop figures like toys without mm-hmm. even kind of realizing it. And so it's hard to get a gauge generally. And, and, and I also just, I have, I have, I have no common ground with these, any of these mm-hmm. people anymore. And so I don't, I don't know what they're. AOC they're... still pulls weight. I mean, she's not like, okay. she's not well, like I was just gonna... in the Twitter circles anymore. Like she was, you know, two years ago or whatever, but she like sure. outlived that and is on the other side of that now, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, um, I'm curious about it. Cause I, cause it is like, I don't hear people ever talk about her. I don't hear people ever say anything positive about her in person. I just don't hear people talk about her. And that is one of the metrics for these. Definitely. These figures is just like, you know, good or bad. Um, I'll see her pop up every now and again still. I mean, just as much or more than I see anyone else, you know, like I don't see, I don't know who else would be someone that is like taking that rising star moment on the left now that would have replaced her and so since i can't name a replacement it's got to be still you know roughly her um it's kind of the way i view it yeah fair enough i mean i don't know it's it also to be fair though it also just seems like outside of like formally dominating um institutions like the like everything has been everything's everything's been won for the establishment Mm -hmm. and it kind of feels like people are burnt out and a hundred percent and the universally people are burnt out Mm -hmm. and people are like the left itself specifically is kind of just like a limp fish yeah like uh I, i don't I don't know that people are like particularly inspired by their like bullshit and maybe, and this is just to finish this point, like maybe one of the things is, is I'm just downplaying. Like I frequently do like the amount people can just be picked back up every two years Mm -hmm. for another election cycle. Like maybe, maybe people just really get, energized again going into a, a midterm more than i'm expecting but but i don't i don't think that that's really uh, the case that much because 
um not in any exceptional way because like these tides that we saw of like bernie and like the idea that like there is a clear coherent through line from like occupy to bernie sanders yeah. in in 2016 um and like th- like nothing like that is going on it's fizzle. Um, yeah it, it really anywhere and i in and, and personally i think that that's really the case on the right mm-hmm. because of a lot of deplatforming and a lot of just pretty huge blows to some logistical things mm-hmm. right but the left um, didn't have that that was just them spiraling it out on their own yeah the left it's like it's purely like an like a um um a dialectical yeah issue um cuz i mean it's completely it's like completely ideologically inert. Mm-hmm. I think um, they're losing their grip on people in general, uh, as far as like the normal person, your masses out there, um, mm-hmm. because they prey on people's empathy. And that's been like really strongly the game the past, like, I don't know, two decades or so, maybe like 10 years more specifically, it feels like. Um, and you can only really go back to that. Well, so many times before it's dried up because people are run down and they don't have much to give anymore. And so like you keep going, Oh, this is the biggest crisis, like ethical crisis you've ever heard. You got to vote for this person to do this one thing. And you're like, fuck. All right, man, I I guess I'm worked up about that. I got to go do that. But you do that over and over and over and over again. And people are going to just be like, yeah, I fucking heard this before, man, you know, and and they're not going to be as worried about it. And then the the dialectic is that on the other side, nothing's really changing and things are just kind of getting worse for everybody. And then the, social climate and cultural climate is getting more restrictive and more and more just completely fucked to where people Mm -hmm. are experiencing that around them and it's eating away at them and they're noticing that they don't actually like the institutional um, effects of the people in power that are in power now that they thought they needed to vote for for ethical reasons or moral reasons and so you're getting a lot of pushback where people either just like are not as strongly vocal about woke shit anymore, or they just don't even listen to it. They're not, they don't care about it or they're vocally talking about how it's stupid and against it. Like I listen to a good bit of comedy podcasts and a lot of my friends do who are like, you know, they're not political people. They don't listen to politics and stuff like that. They're not listening to like, I don't know, Chapa or whatever. They're listening to like, you know, your main big podcasts, like Tom Segura podcast, stuff like that. Right. Um, Some of the largest grossing podcasts out there and all of them over the past two to three years have all started kind of like slowly and slowly more strongly picking up this like vein of man, all this shit is stupid as fuck and like getting more and more vocal about it that you didn't really hear these people saying these things like three years ago, you know, Joe Rogan, maybe right. right? And he kind of led that charge and they're all kind of in the same circle. So maybe it's a little bit more of like an echo chamber thing, but that irregardless those people have some of the largest platforms that people subscribe to and listen to on a media perspective and so there is a larging and growing tide of people who are tired and fed up with the bullshit and i think that that is across all levels it's not just people on the right it's not just apolitical people it's not you know just disaffected lefties or bernie bros i think there's a lot of people that are just getting tired and tired of being weighed down with all that shit all the time because it's fucking burdensome dude just walking around all the time trying to like think that you can solve all the world's problems by like having a vote or knowing the right opinion that you read the right article that morning it's fucking tiresome dude that shit sucks it's no way to live 
Uh, and I think people are tired of it. People are tired of having to watch what they say around their friends and loved ones. You're not supposed to do that, dude. I have friends that come over sometimes and they'll say something kind of like risky or whatever. And they'll be like, oh, dude, like, you know, I know that was crazy or whatever. And I'm like, dude, be comfortable to say whatever you feel like you want to say or should because I'm your friend. And that's what friends are for. You're supposed to be comfortable with that kind of thing. You're not supposed to be walking on pins and needles with the people around you because you're afraid if you say one thing that's against the social narrative, they're going to disown you. And that's the energy that's been going on for years. And people are tired of it, man. Yeah, 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 100%. I think think, – I think people are really burnt out. That's the mm-hmm. big thing for me. Like, I don't think, I, I, I think the whole idea that people are like, hate, hate, everybody, everybody hates wokeness and people are tired of this stuff and all that. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's literally always been the case. I think it's right? like tired, it, like exhaustion. It, well, that, and that's what, that's what I'm going to, so, I mean, like, as far as like people being like fed up with it, right. It's like, yeah, I mean. The whole thing has always been that nobody likes it, right? It's just that people don't say anything because because generally people are polite or conflict averse, mm-hmm. and and then that's that's it, right? And it's this perfect hack of just being like, yeah, but it's all it's all in the guise of of good manners and and just letting people be, and I'm not going to bother you, and so then so then you just have these absolute psychotic people uh, taking advantage, but um, but 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 it doesn't. But it doesn't fucking change anything that people don't like it because because the way it works, just the basic mechanics of it. Um, but I think I think that the change here, um, and I do think that it has to do with with you know fucking progressive social shit. Um, the big change here is I, I think that people are literally burnt out, mm-hmm. um, and and it, it basically goes for for everything, right? Like uh, fucking. COVID, COVID is the real big obvious thing, right? But um, I don't know, dude. You just keep asking these people to go go around, you know, the merry-go-round. And, you know, we're talking about the, the, the Speaker of the House stuff. And, yeah, it's like, hmm. I want to be very clear about it, right? Because it, it's one of these things where I, I'm bringing it up to say, like, look, like this faction is, is, is more, you know, politically functional, right? Um, but like at the end of the day, like I'm really just making that point to kind of demonstrate something about the makeup of the right generally, because like the system isn't going to, the system isn't capable of delivering like meaningful results to anyone. And it's Mm -hmm. like really important to fucking keep that in mind. It's really important to keep that in mind. Um, that's why I was excited about you getting into the system talk earlier, dude, because yeah, that's really what they get people trapped into the system, right? You think that you can solve it from the inside and from endless tinkering and just rearranging of different parts. And then you get, you know, a bunch of these people that come around that are just like, yeah, we're going to change shit. You know, you get a, you get a change campaign from fucking Obama, you know, you get that kind of stuff where of course nothing's actually changing. Uh, and people get sold on that. Like you're saying, it creates a false consciousness. Yeah, 100%. Um, and um, the sooner people can just like abandon that, the better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. Um, well, I think that's, I think that's good... probably, I think that that's probably a, a greater uh, priority for the right 
because like i think that i think that anyone on the right who is still being like you know if we just own them just the right way this time and point out their hypocrisy just in the right way then you know then the fucking black republicans will think i'm cool um like that's like that really you know because because still it's like for for leftists it's like well it doesn't fucking matter anyways because like the fact that you're even aligned in this way shows that you don't get it still yeah um but anyways anyways it sounded like you wanted to 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 pivot to something there yeah i was just saying we were talking about people getting bogged down into fine print and how the systems are basically fucking people and we're not constitutional fucking attorneys and so we're not too worried about the fine print and i don't think most people should be um but i guess on the flip side that some people should be worried about fine print when it comes down to contracts when it comes to copyright agreements when it comes to things of that nature uh because i know that you're saying that (laughs) the dnd community has gotten fucked yeah. recently by the fine print. So. Okay, yeah. so, so, so listen, this is something that, that I don't fucking talk about a lot, but I play a lot of fucking tabletop and, uh, and I got excited about this because I mean, not only has this, has this done the impossible and it's turned the normies against uh, wizards of the coast, which is <laughs> a company that, that owns and publishes uh, Dungeons and dragons. But this is a fucking interesting topic. And it's something I wanted to talk about on here. And so it's this perfect fusion for me. Um, Okay. So um, Dungeons and Dragons has, uh, Wizards of the Coast has what's called an OGL. um, And that's an open gaming license. Mm -hmm. And basically what this is, is this is, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to thread the needle here, the the balance of of being quick, but doing justice to this, um, the details here. Yeah, lay it all out. Um, under this, this, this is basically used as the, um, bedrock of this entire cottage industry, this entire industry of third party independent publishing for D and D content. And, and remember that the bedrock part of it, because I'm going to come back to that later because there's maybe a little bit of back and forth on that actually. Um, so the OGL is basically this agreement written. It's, it's been in place for a couple decades now. And this is, this is the way in which like Lucas films at the time, Lucas arts was able to make like Knights of the old Republic, which is like a video game that runs on, uh, it's running a D and D third edition. Oh, okay. Right. Is that, is that they go, you know, in copyright law, right? You can, um, you can, um, <laughs> you can't. Okay, you can't copyright a. You can't own an idea, right? Mm-hmm. But you can own the expression of an idea. Sure. And so basically, the idea is they're like, you know, we own this system of game, right? Makes sense. Um, and the, what the OGL does is it says, you know, you guys have free free use to this stuff, um, and we're gonna we're gonna ensure that, and you can you can use this this expression of our ideas within a reasonable limit, right? Um, and uh, and this will always be the case. Okay, well D and D right now, and this is one of the big reasons I never fucking talk about it, is that it's like been totally colonized. I've heard by that. just the fucking blue pilled normie 
industrial complex, mm-hmm. right? I feel like most video and, games have, or not video yeah, games, well, like gaming things of that nature, like widespread like cultural phenomenons like that. Well, yeah, because nor- because nerd culture has just became has become mainstream yeah. culture, the face of it, and it's totally been um, colonized. And that's and that's actually kind of a big. That's how I'm viewing all of this stuff anymore. Like woke shit that whole cultural affect and all of it, it's just like, it's just colonialism. Mm-hmm. It's what it is. Right. Um, and the borders just look a little bit differently and the face looks completely different, but it's, it's what it is. And and when you look at our cultural exports and, and the role that that's taking globally, um, it's a pretty clear point. hundred um, So, so this is a huge part of that. And, 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 and a big part of that is two things, which is fucking, well, it's three things, which is um, Stranger Things, right? Mm-hmm. Stranger Things made D&D popular. And then this fucking streaming show, um, Critical Role, which is just like famous people playing D&D oh. on, on camera. What's right? that on? And it's, it's just like online, oh. right? I don't, I don't watch it, um, but it's insane. It's insanely popular. And it's insanely popular, specifically among this occupying crowd. That sure, I'm oh, about. definitely. And then the final is, and this is kind of joking, but just like, like it's Idris Elba and shit into play, probably. No, no, it's like it's like it's like C list celebrities that oh, do like okay. voice acting. Okay. Um, and so, um, and then the third one is the, it's just theater kid nationalism. Right? <laughs> Um, and that gets into a whole, that's something I could talk about for fucking hours because that, because this actually has gotten into this, this cultural shift has actually like gotten into the way the fucking game is played too. Right. Because, because the way I like to play it is very procedural and, um, I have systems, right. It's a fucking Mm -hmm. game, right. You, you guys are going to go out into the wilderness. You're going to delve into a dungeon, right? Well, there's ways that we can play this game that quantifies time in the dungeon so so you know when you're the t- the system tells you when your torch is going to go out or how long you need to go until you take a rest and, and things like that and and that's very uh systems heavy right mm-hmm. on the other side of the spectrum and this is really this is really the dominant flavor and philosophy these days is it's really role play heavy and we're going to talk in the voice of characters yeah. and we're going to, and we're going to do, we're going to be little thespians. And I enjoy that stuff within reason. That is also the stuff that's, that absolutely very quickly becomes the most cringe stuff in it. Yeah. Right. And, um, and I can see it, it could be problematic too. If people are like, if there are certain types of characters and like creatures or beings or whatever, that could be, mm-hmm. you know, portrayed in certain ways and then people start trying to voice act those people and you know do that kind of thing i could see that being something that pops up as problematic oh you like you like a role playing an orc and like doing a retarded voice or something yeah yeah Yeah, i mean well i mean whatever that's like fine right but but yeah i mean that's definitely a well (laughs) again that's there's there's layers here but but i digress so um you know in, in in summary just about my point there like this this new kind of community that's kind of taken over very very much uh supports the role play aspect or pillar of the game as mm. they kind of call it and um and i think that's really been at the detriment of of things that i like about the hobby the actual um, and because content mo- of the game itself 
Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because because these games, these streams, fucking Stranger Things, it's it's like it's it's the it's the D&D equivalent of pornography. It's giving people an unrealistic view of this stuff. It's emphasizing things. It's 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 having a it's having like a hyper real feedback loop on on D&D. It makes it like a more of an aesthetic experience rather than like an actual like nuts and bolts gaming experience. Yeah, and it also just doesn't work that fucking well as a fucking game is a big thing. But so like, um, so yeah, man. So um, so this OGL, it's great. We love it, right? There's all these there's these other companies. I mean, Critical Role itself has a publishing company that they're releasing books for D and D under, right? That that aren't Wizards of the Coast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, these are these are like these are like like a big established operations right um well all right fifth edition is bigger than ever they they announced they're going to do a new edition right uh of of dungeons and dragons um you know it's another fucking it's another year another madden game kind of thing except 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 we've probably been on fifth edition about 10 years now i think uh or or coming up on it and um and it's the most popular it's ever been they announced a new edition and the new edition, and this is fucking important. The new edition is the absence of editions. Now it's oh. just D and D. Okay. Now they've integrated an online platform that you play the game through. Um, that's become really popular, right? So your character sheet isn't a piece of paper you're managing and referencing uh, books to anymore. It's all kind of included in this web browser app. Okay. Um, that you can make dice rolls on and it'll make the calculations for you. So you don't need to check your work and it's, it makes it obviously really, really approachable. It's Mm -hmm. really, really easy to put a character together. Um, And that's always been something that, you know, required you to like to spend a week reading a fucking book in the past. Yeah. Um, It's huge. Um, Then, there's a leak last month of, oh, people say they're going to change the OGL. Well, that's an incoherent concept. That's a non-starter. It should be at least because the, the OGL is forever binding and it's wording, right? And people people kind of do the thing where they, they, they literally say that people are spreading misinformation mm. and that these old nerds uh, that are the reactionary chuds of the hobby... <laughs> Um, are just spreading misinformation and, and rabble rousing because they hate Wizards of the Coast, right? Yeah, they're probably well, there's like game a... terrorists or something. Yeah, so so so, uh, so yeah, exactly that whole meta narrative. And so then there's a leak, and uh, about a week or so ago, uh, turns out all of that shit was way worse than anyone thought it was going to be. And basically, what you have is um, and all. I'll just I'll just give a, a a brief overview, and if you're interested in more, I can explain more. But so I don't want to get too long winded here. But basically, um, <laughs> they come out and and it guts the entire OGL, right? And the whole thing is like, if you want to publish or operate under this at all, you need to report all your you need to like have a license to do so. You need to report all income to us, like we're the fucking IRS. You get the and license you, from them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you uh, if you're making uh, if you're making uh, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and this is a wild thing. Right. Um, uh, because keep in mind, Critical Role and Pathfinder. Pathfinder is the biggest competitor 
easily to to D on mm-hmm. the market right and it's published under the ogl uh, if you're a company that makes, uh, if your yearly revenue is is uh, above seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, every dollar made above that, we get twenty to twenty five percent. Whoa, off. that's insanely high! And then anything that you make or publish under one of our licenses with this, we just have the ability to take from you, change our contract with you, and just own it and not pay you any royalties, and we wow. can just publish so like so like if i if i like like you know wanted to make have somebody fucking make me a cartoon or some shit make a comic online of my D party right mm-hmm. wizards of the coast can just be like all right fuck you slav uh this is ours now all of these characters are ours now we get to publish and make movies about them wow and you can't do anything with these ever again and it's all through the uh, online thing it's kind of how they would like well so Okay, so, all right. The online thing and the one D&D approach that they're taking of, well, it's just going to be this totally backwards compatible, um, like, it's no longer going to be editions thing. It's just the one platform now. That and the fact that everything is consolidated onto their platform now means that it's all going to be a la carte and they're going to fucking commodify the fuck out of this thing, mm. right? So so, so, uh, so, along with the rumors last month, there was also this quote that came out of some, some broad um, Hasbro man that owns Wizards of the Coast. And some fucking, you know, empty suit was quoted as saying something about like, you know, D&D is one of our strongest brands and it's severely under monetized. Oh, sure. Fix that, right? So... Um, so yeah um oh one thing i also wanted to mention before i get into my real takeaway is um before the leak came out wizards made a post addressing the rumors Mm -hmm. and we're like okay yeah we're gonna change the ogl right which again this really needs to be um emphasized that is insane that they're even changing it at all yeah because it was worded as being like this is forever binding Right. So like that is already the biggest red flag in the world. Right. And they come out and they say, and you'll get exactly where I'm going with this. They say, no, we just want to make common sense adjustments. Like, like, you know, we want to cut down on people releasing and publishing hateful content (laughs) for our stuff. Right. Mm, And we want, we want to, you know, we want to cut down on stupid things like, you know, people making NFTs of, of Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Right. Okay. It's just all, it's all, it's all in-group signifiers there. Yeah. Right? Um, okay. My, and since then, and I need to say this just, just to keep it all up to date and everything, Wizards has come out and addressed this again and basically been like, we're going to go back to the drawing board. And like, that was just testing the waters and you were supposed new, to see that. About the new yeah, one? Yeah. yeah. They, they came out and they're like, and they're like, oh, I was, you know. I was trying to punch myself in the dick, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, actually, you know, and it's just, it's bizarre. It's weird shit. It's bizarre. Um, hmm. And I want to address that, but that's yeah. not my main interest. Well, go, go ahead, because I've been doing it. Before we get into your, into your main takeaways and stuff, just to clear up before yeah. um, some questions here. So they just basically ripped up the original contractor agreement as far as, like, the licensing agreement, uh, even though there was... No. 
No. No. So 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 technically, technically, this hasn't been put into place yet. Okay. Um, uh, it had a publication date of a few days ago on the documents that everyone saw. And at this point, we've all seen them. Basically, what happened was it was a leak. And so then Gizmodo, which mm-hmm. is like a mainstream publication. Yeah. Um, and in matters like this, I absolutely trust the prestige of of like a publication like that because this is this isn't like I'm like I'm like being like you know oh I want the, the New York Times is something I can trust when it's talking about the Ukrainian war effort. It's like no, like those people are fucking slugs. But like in this case, with like reporting like this, like yeah, the media is usually in the pocket of like Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro and shit. But like this is the kind of thing where like. Gizmodo isn't going to fucking lie about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're reporting it, negatively on it, then like that on itself kind of reveals that it's there's probably even more truth to it. Th- this is a situation where I, I would be one of those, I would absolutely say one of those faggy things of just like the mechanics of journalism and the checks and balances literally works in this case. Um, so so um, we have now since seen the document, but to answer your question um so 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 but that that was it right there was a rumor there was a gizmodo article and now since then we've just literally seen the fucking thing and on the thing says it was going to be published like a few days ago they were only going to give all these publishers this entire industry like a week's heads up to change everything about their business model, how basically. long was the com- how long did they have to comply if- a week holy fuck like so a once week. it goes into effect it was going to be like then that's that that's it wow. like it's over right and ke- like and okay um, and so it wasn't in effect yet. That's what I'm saying. So no, no change has made, been made, like um, actually in stone or anything. Like nothing's changed yet, except for the Correct. anticipation of the fact that something is going to be changed drastically. But but this would have been in place already if someone hadn't leaked, leaked this it. online, right? Which is which is a good thing that they did because that's crazy. Okay, so another question I have now. Um, a, how the fuck can they do that if it's written in there that it's like binding and that they can't just like if it's an agreement that people have been operating under is there not like a grandfathered in kind of situation where it'd be like from this point forward this is in effect and for any content made after this is in effect but any content made before the new date you know they're straight up saying that it's retroactive how could that even be possible okay i I guess i don't know anything about the contractual law but Right. So I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not like an intellectual property. I'm not a lawyer. Right. Um, but I, I have taken some classes, um, on, on like legal stuff as far as relating to like media Mm -hmm. music. Um, and okay. So I, there's a few angles here and I don't totally grasp them. I grasp some more than others, but right out of the gate, um, I think that the OGL, the way that it originally stated it, of like this is not this is going to be the case forever, it is imprecise and and kind of informal in its language. That's part of it, okay. And then there's two other takes on it. It almost this almost reminds me of like the 2020 election where all there were all these different flavors of theories on it. Yeah. There's, there's different theories on this, um, and and they go like this. Right. Um, the OGL is not in. Fo- okay. Uh, some people say that Wizards just literally can't do this. Right? Oh, not enforceable. In some, 
yeah. And then some people just straight up, and this is one that I'm interested in because this is that this is that that raw uncut shit that's that's very contrarian. Is some people are like, you literally never needed the fucking OGL in the first place because this concept that I talked about earlier, you can't you can't own an idea. You can just own the expression of an idea. Right. Right. And so people go, the very concept of the OGL is fucking incoherent in the first place. Right. You don't fucking need this shit. You just fucking write it adequately differently enough. Right. And that's it. Right. It's a matter of content versus form. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, okay. I'm not a fucking lawyer. Right. But I think that this is a little bit of a naive take um, because the fact is, is that realistically, uh, you know, the the legal system has these structures to be built around these really bottomless, subjective, yes, gooey pits, right? And that's where the process is fucking built to fucking work that and need that dough, right? Now, um, what? Someone's fucking calling me. Why is someone calling me? Oh, sorry, mom. Probably um, wizards over here trying to tell you to stop blowing up their spot, bro. Yeah, dude. Oh, what? Oh, dude, there's a red dot on my chest. Um. <laughs> Um, there is, there clearly is, it's not a total, um, and this is a philosophical concept. The division between form and content is not as clear cut as people want to make it out to Mm -hmm. be. And, and the expression, the expression of an idea has this feedback relationship with the form of an idea. Definitely. Um. I mean, I think about I, I think that like Steve Steve's jo- Steve Jobs worship is like kind of cringe, just like the next person does. But this is the whole like fucking a bicycle for your mind thing, mm-hmm. right? Like his his like his his fucking the way he talked about like user experience and interface and everything like that, right? Expression informs content and content informs expression. And Definitely. so I don't really buy into the idea that the OGL isn't enforceable and that and that oh because of uh, intellectual property law like this whole thing is dumb right like you need to think about it like it's just not clean cut this thing is whole this thing is gooey on a in addition to that right um think about a, a company like nintendo um yeah you can you can say uh, nintendo you don't you don't even know what that means a company like Nintendo in this context, they are fucking brutal about suing people and protecting their intellectual yeah, property. Mm-hmm. They are fucking brutal. I've heard brutal of that for sure. They, and this is like ruining like random people's fucking lives. Yeah, like small time video game developers that just happen to work on X project. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, uh, um, honestly, like even shit that's even more ridiculous than that. Um, this is the kind of thing where you could have a case against Nintendo, um, but you don't have Nintendo's money, and you yeah. don't you don't have you don't mm. have the capital generally. You don't have the time. You can't have this disrupt your entire fucking life, right? right? Um, yeah, you could you could make a good case, right? But the fact is, this subjective gooey pocket that is. Uh, content versus form and mm-hmm. i'm coming up with my own terms here by the way so like i'm like this is this is slav putting on his like i'm a fucking i'm a fucking volunteer lawyer here dude like yeah. i'm 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 fucking i'm you know i'm looking at my degree in bird law put right on now, a constable right? hat real quick 
putting on my constable hat, um, this gooey pocket of form versus content, you know, you're not going to have a fucking assurance that wizards isn't going to fucking come at you. Right. And And if they have enough money, then they can like, just, you know, they can, they're just going to incentivize you from going to court too, you know? It will. That's one that ultimately is the big thing is the huge cooling effect that it's going to have because, because people, because people fucking know that when they have skin in the game and their material interests are actually tied up in it, they're going to clearly understand like, yeah, I mean, like, I guess I could say the OGL and, you know, expression of an idea. Like, This isn't, they can't really enforce this, but like, it's another thing to be like, I'm going to act on that and I'm going to take the plunge and I'm going to put my fucking net worth on the line for this right right um and at the end of the day that's all that they need to accomplish is to just have that that cooling effect so what a couple of things now um a this is going to have a drastic effect on how many people if this does go into place and into effect um you would think there would be a disincentive to even getting involved with creating D type content at all in the first place. Like rather than yes. being like, I'm going to make sure I get the license and go through all this stuff. Um, which, which is a humongous, it's a fucking, it's a fucking make believe yes. DIY, uh, pre- uh, pretend game. Yeah. Um, and so here, sorry, my like monitor just like went dead for sex. So I was like, Oh fuck. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I hear you. Um, like and so like understandably uh like independent publishing for this game is a humongous part of the of 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 its pull yeah that's like what that's what it is basically like for that from my understanding it's very much so like decentralized in that regard it's that's basically what it is that's basically what it is so it would to me you would think this would disincentivize like people just doing that and getting involved with it, the creative aspect of it in the first place, which means the quality is going to get worse and worse, and only the people that are going to either be already in on it and have the good graces of the company in order to receive licensing or whatever or play it by their rules are going to make the content. So it's going to get just more flattened down and it's going to be fucked um, going forward. Um, is what I would think as far as like a repercussion to that. I also saw that they're making a new movie, I think, a uh, Dungeon and Dragons movie that's coming out. I saw an advertisement for a few months ago. Mm-hmm. So that might have something to do with it. Like they're trying to, like you're saying, up their monetization of the whole brand. And so like with all this new stuff push coming at once, like the new D&D, no additions, the movie and everything, maybe they're trying to like, really put out a new thing that people have to switch over to like a new platform or whatever, where they can be like from here. Now we've got you and got your stuff. Um, yeah. Well, so, so listen, I mean, this is, this is the biggest fucking cautionary tale against in favor of gatekeeping. Right. Because this is, this is the mainstreaming of, of the game of the hobby yeah i mean it's taking Uh, it and making it like completely marketed like uh it's creating a market out of what was previously like you could say artistic expression almost um the way that you know people decide to make these games and you know the amount of effort and thought that people put into it uh and then to make it open for other people to access it if they wanted to or whatever as well um yeah i mean that's nuts so okay 
how would this affect yeah, absolutely. things like it, well, it's, it's so re- really fast. So, so, so keep in mind, just, just, just real fast. What re- recall what I was saying about like their online platform, which is called D and D beyond mm-hmm. how, yeah. how that, how that is a, a vessel to basically commodify and piecemeal the entire hobby. Right. Um, there's also, there are basically two dominant independent publishing websites you can go on. And it's actually really cool stuff. Um, it's the kind of thing of like, you can buy, um, you could write your own book for D&D. Maybe it's a story or a set of game mechanics you came up with and you can publish it on this website and um, and you can sell PDFs, right? That someone can read on their, on their computer mm-hmm. or these websites do print on demand services, which is basically like um, you can, um, you can buy this, I can buy COH's book. And then this website is going to like print one copy of it and send it to me. Oh yeah. And like, I I have a book made of it and it's fucking cool and it feels official and everything. Right. So people probably Um, do that for like somewhat for a living, you know, if they're good enough at writing the games. Right. I would assume. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. A lot of people do that. Um, now, there's two websites that do this. One of them is called Drive Through RPG. The other is called DMs Guild. DMs Guild is owned by Wizards of the Coast. And when you publish on it, they get like half of your shit. Mm. Like they like get like like ownership of the thing. Right. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's that's a that's a good thing to 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 keep in mind it just just it's 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 kind of a it's a kind of a glimpse into things to come and this kind of a la carte totally commodified or monetized as they put it business strategy well going forward. I, i'll take a slightly devil's advocate position here and just say there's obvious incentive for hasbro to want to do this um yeah obviously I, it, what she said about it not being a their like least monetized brand mm-hmm. is completely correct. Like there are entire industries of people taking, you know, now, like you said, it's a concept versus, you know, the actual expression of that concept, but taking and building off of this concept uh, and creating income, creating livelihoods or whatever based around it. Uh, and they're not receiving anything from that. So, I mean, yeah. as a businessman or whatever it has, bro, you would ideally say, hey, how can we capture this revenue because it's fucking massive? Like one D&D movie that doesn't perform as well is not going to capture its revenue. Like, you know, being able to actually get our hands in the pot of every single person that's making fucking any content of this. So I understand there's obvious incentive there. Now, this is probably one of those things where it's kind of demonstrating the fact that like, capitalism providing these types of incentives mm-hmm. actually creates like this negative feedback situation where it's cheapening products and it's like hollowing out creativity and it's going to actually lessen the availability of the things that people like in the first place. Um, and so it's pointing, you know, to a, a flaw within capitalism's just entire feedback system as a whole. Um, but I mean, it's, to me, it seems like it's a no brainer. They would want to do that. Um, it sucks. It's terrible, but yeah, I mean, straight, straight, this is uh, like Nick Land thinks about time in kind of like a in a non-linear way, and in these kinds of like like something something that 
something happening like this is it's it's so baked into capital yeah it was always gonna happen mm-hmm. and we're kind of just arriving at it right it written in. and so th- this and so you know this gets to a certain aspect of this that i also you know want to address which is like there's a real naivete going on in this um and it, and it's and it it's really easy to come up in these kinds of situations because it's this starts to get into the idea of like consumer activism, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And consumer activism, it you know, markets are not a medium for consent. Yeah. The idea that they are is batshit crazy and reifies capitalism. It's it's a whole I mean, it's just it's it's bad. I think it's safe to say both of us understand that's bad. Yeah. Um and it's 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 fucking chump shit, dude. Um now, it's just interesting, though, because to be fair, right, um, this gets into an interesting thing to, 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 to play that game a little bit. Um, this, this gets into an interesting thing of, um, you know, people are upset about this. People are really upset about this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that wizards had to address it at all is exceptional. Yeah, definitely. Um, People have a right. Like, ha- you have a right to be upset about it because what's happening sucks. Like this, it sucks, it sucks that it's happening, but it just, it, okay, like, that's just what it's going to do. Well, I mean, listen to this, right? Okay. So Paizo is the company that, that owns Pathfinder publishes it, right? Mm-hmm. Paizo is the biggest, um, the biggest competitor with D and D. Um, People talk about the seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar thing, uh, twenty to twenty five percent. Just they just take if that's that's your income under the OGL, um, and that's not even profit or anything. That's just straight up money brought in. Wizards gets twenty percent of all income pre profit over. Yeah, dude. Holy fuck, dude. That's uh, crazy. And, it, and it's every single dollar above seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Um. Okay. People are like, okay, whatever. Those big, big, big companies. Who even gives a shit about that? That's just any company of scale. That's just any. It's not. It's not like they're fat cats. Dude, that's just any companies. Not that's not big. That's not that fucking big. Um, Paizo, you know, is a is a reasonable, reasonably sized company that just unionized, right? Paizo, this puts Paizo in the fucking ground, dude. Mm. Um, so, I, I, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of talk about, there's a lot of talk about, um, there's a lot of talk about um, these companies making like a totally new, completely different systems or whatever. And mm. that's probably the best idea. But, but yeah, I mean, just kind of the point you're making and everything like, yeah, th- there is this, um, there is this huge drive to do this, to just, you know, run out competition and, and things like that but one thing i was going to point out is like you know and this this is my question this is my question this is so wildly unpopular and has damaged their brand seemingly but 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 this is all about bringing it out to the mainstream into the normies yeah. right and like do most people give a fuck about that no unfortunately not no it's well right and this is and this is this is the real topic it's taken me forever to get to this but this is the real topic this is a universal thing that that i kind of have been thinking about a lot in light of this which is 
the real thing going on here is a pattern that's taking place all across our culture and all across politics. And that is in the simplest, most concise way I've found to put it, it's centralization versus decentralization. Mm -hmm. There's this process that's happening everywhere that is there's this old native group of people in these communities and new money comes in and like kind of ostensibly like like uh gentrifies it or something right and and you get all these you get all these you get all these fucking pmc young fucking uh you know trans lives matter people Mm -hmm. um come in and they vilify the original old legacy community yeah and they call them fucking racist white men or reactionary in some way. And they basically commit ethnocide against them. And it's funny because this is so fucking dorky because like we're talking about a fucking consumer nerd culture hobby. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it's important to keep that in scope. But it is part and parcel with this. This is just a smaller scale examination of just what's happening everywhere to yeah. everything. And, and so it's important to keep that in mind. And this is, this is wild. And it's funny because I'm seeing people who like fucking are the theater kid nationalism people, right. Yeah. Are the normie morass and they're getting burned by this now. And they're, they've turned against it a little bit. And and I have, I, I imagine that the machine will absorb this narrative and people won't need to go through any meaningful change ultimately, but it's just, it's just interesting. It's an example of the process and this happens everywhere. Yeah. Dude, and that's actually something that I didn't know anything about. So I'm glad you even brought it up because I haven't heard anything about it. I'm not, I don't do Dungeons and Dragons, so I don't, I wouldn't have a lot of insider information about that in the first place. And I haven't heard about it on the news, but I'm going to definitely try to keep an eye on that and see like, how what the new developments are like if they do end up putting out a new GLO or what because that's fucking OGL. nuts or OGL my, my bad uh, or what because that's nuts dude um and like you're saying it's very much so just indicative of what's happening across the entire system like in my mind it's like this like a change of the guards kind of thing you know that's happening but with the change of the guards it's not just a cultural change it, it it's an economic like flattening and concentrating and uh, centralizing as well, like you're saying. Um, so well, the I, big one of the big one of the big things to keep in mind is that the big, and I'm going to say technological, the big technological shift that they want to apply to D and D is to turn it into a lifestyle brand, mm. right? And so they want to totally horizontally integrate. It's going to be D and D is 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 a fucking neoliberal identity category. Yeah right um it's it's not pretty soon it's not only going to be how you game it's going to be the kind of movies you watch and the kind of tv shows that you consume and and again all of this stuff all of these consumption habits contribute into just like this modern process of identity construction right and uh you know i have I, I I watch all D and D shows and I read these books. Well, there's always been D and D books, but all of this stuff and um, it's it's just interesting. It's yeah. just it's this it it, it it goes it goes everywhere and um, 
I mean, I think that this is what like the transhumanism at Dude, the heart. Of, I was of literally about to say that. I was literally about to say it's transhumanism. Like it's capital in the market encroaching into like human self-expression. Um, yep. And in that, like capital is the original transhumanism because it's always been doing that, like through offering you various different products that you can purchase to express yourself in X way or whatever. Like the pairing of capital with personal expression is like the very first step towards the cultivation of consumer identities, et cetera, which then leads into the transhumanism. Like it's, I don't know. It's nuts to see it all. Like it's all just one thing. Like it's all just part of one thing that just, it's the end is already in the beginning. Like you're saying like with the Nick land thing, it's, you can just see it plan out and it's just like, I don't know. It's fucked. It's nestled so perfectly. Yep. Yep. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you kind of get what I'm saying here of like why this is relevant. It, it, it's a long story and it, and it takes a while to kind of like lay the, the groundwork for the discussion. No, it's good. Um, I, uh, I had no idea about it. I definitely would like to do an update on that maybe like next week or the next, if something comes up in between now and then. Um, yeah, and also absolutely. to give me oh. some more time just to like chew on the, the whole thing since I just now f- I'm learning about it now. Yeah. And, and there's even like, there's another fucking, there's a whole other aspect of this th- with regards to that centralized and decentralized framework that I talked about because, because then, and, and I'll, I, I won't go into it here, but just as a tease, you know, before we go into it further soon, like, you know, there's there's what is referred to as the OSR, which is old school renaissance, which is kind of like a community of, of old school nerds that play these these game systems that are very classical and they and they homebrew them. Right. They're totally decentralized. Right. And and they, you know, they have a bunch of base shit in their games. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's like it was in the fucking 70s yeah. for some of these people. And um, and like just a few days before this leak came out. Um, PBS NewsHour published an article um, talking about the new inclusive face of Dungeons and Dragons, oh, and uh, and talking about uh, they they talk about the OSR and they talk about how the OSR is a bunch of fucking reactionary white people. Wow. Who? What, yeah, and it, it's just interesting. It's just interesting, and so you know, it's it's all one thing. It's just one big process that we're seeing occur across all of these different levels of culture it's perfect Um, that they do it like that too they put an article saying that shit in the exact same time frame it's just like all converging at once yeah man dude yeah it's a perfect illustration of just like you're saying the entire fucking machine moving and it's all converging all coming together in this one sect in this one area of dungeons and dragons 100 percent, and it's and it's funny too because because like the osr kind of culturally is into just kind of this big idea of like just make your own game mm-hmm. make your own system um they're they're kind of like almost these perfect kind of ideological counterweights yeah, like in a anti-consumer way. dude yeah yeah in a way in this kind of ironic way um so yeah yeah it's 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 fucking it's interesting to me it is interesting to me but but at this point i feel like i really have to get off this this topic and 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 parse it out a little bit yeah more and and get back to uh something a little bit more in our in our wheelhouse i mean shit dude i don't know what else what else we've got to cover only other thing i could think about is crock pots dude (laughs) 
All right. I mean, well, I was going to, I was going to touch on, I wanted to touch on the vaccine a little bit. Oh, fuck. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, there's some things we could well, talk about there. Well, it's all good, though, because we have been going for a while. So, I mean, I, I feel like almost even just setting it up a little bit before before we talk next time. Yeah. And, and this is, uh, you know, I want to give my take on the DeMar Hamlin thing, because I was actually talking to Glenn about this a little bit uh, recently. And, uh, you know, it this is an interesting thing. Um, you know, the whole narrative is, it's funny because the, because the DeMar Hamlin story has effectively, uh, turned into just kind of like agitprop for the, for the, um, the regime by, by just making the, the central narrative about it be, uh, be all these anti-vaxxers are cynically trying to use this to, 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 you know, question vaccines and how fucking horrible that is. And isn't, isn't that bad? Shouldn't the takeaway be how horrible uh, anti-vaxxers are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's funny. And I would say this to, to everybody, but especially the, 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 the anti-vax crowd is we're never going to fucking know what happened here. No. And like, and in you, you should probably get used to that idea because that's, we're never going to fucking know. Now, in the spirit of like intellectual honesty and everything, to take the, the discussion at face value, um, okay, so they're saying that it's this, it's this impact to the chest thing, right? I think that's how Houdini went out. It's like a perfectly timed punch in between heartbeats or something, and it just stops the engine. Um, I think that's what they're saying. Yeah, that's what they're saying for sure. Something like 10 to 20 people have this a year yeah, die like- from that, like... It's insanely rare. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it is telling to me, and I think that this is how people should hammer on this. It's very telling to me that um, numbers wise, um, the fact that this kid collapsed because of something related to myocarditis or pericarditis is in the numbers way more likely Definitely. that it would have been the thing that they're that they're um explaining ultimately though right don't buy into their stupid framing you don't fucking know for sure yeah. i don't know for sure that it was the vaccine i don't know for sure that it was the heart impact thing right but if we're talking probabilities it's at least more likely that it was the vaccine and the fact that it's not even treated as um it's taboo to I mean, even mention it dude. it's just that just that just says everything yeah um, i mean shit dude i have some friends i have some friends that passed recently from freak things like that cardiac shit um that wars are never really truly explained i know people uh like i know of a lot of people that are that have passed from stuff like that at younger ages than they should have and recently too and it's happening uh at a not just a personal level and it's happening across the country i think there's higher rates of stuff like that occurring i mean think about the astro world thing that happened last year uh or like maybe eight months ago or whatever where a bunch of people like eight kids died of cardiac arrest uh just in a concert because it was too crowded i mean sure people die of that from that but like not that number not that often and sure it's probably not it couldn't be that it may not be the vaccine but also like 
there's reason to look into the fact that it could be. You know what I mean? Like, even if there's 99.00 or 99.999990% chance that it's not the vaccine, there's still a point like 00001% chance that it could be. And you should know that because that's cause that's going to be able to help people figure stuff out quicker, like rather than going to the hospital and I don't know what's wrong and I don't know, blah, blah. And they try 14 million different tests. And before finally looking at that, well, no, that's actually something that it could be. So there's precedent to say, look, this is a treatment path or something we could look into. Um, so there's reason. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people, people are like, people are, there are, there's blood on people's hands. Absolutely. And we should be looking into it. I think there's been a little bit more of a push recently to look into some of the vaccine stuff. Um, I saw that the FDA is upset about not getting the right uh, statistics and data presented to them when they approved the uh, second round of boosters. Um, they didn't give them any new data. They just presented them with the data from the first round of boosters, even though it was, in fact, a different vaccine. Um, and so they're upset about that. And they also showed them only data that uh, supported their findings and not the data that would uh, show that it actually was ineffective. Uh, for instance, they left out data on boosters showing that um, they, there was some weird thing between how they reported the effectiveness where like they said that people that got the booster uh, had a lower percent chance of getting COVID, whereas they actually had a higher chance. Um, they just used some weird statistic to show that looked like it was lower uh, because of like whatever way they framed it and worded it purposely vaguely. Um, and then I also was seeing something where the CDC is looking into a correlation between strokes for people who were over 65 that have been boosted and vaccinated. Um, so there's these things that are coming up. They're calling it a quote unquote alert um, that needs to be investigated, uh, but you shouldn't be worried about it. You should still get boosted, blah, blah. But there is a little bit of stuff coming out of the cracks of people saying, hey, something weird just happened because like 75% of the fucking globe just took an experimental vaccine out of the blue over the course of one year, like two years ago uh, or one right. year ago. And so like things are popping off and we don't know why. And that's obviously one variable you could point to that's different between two years before and now. So maybe we look into that variable and figure out if it has anything to do with it. I think it's reasonable. I think people from a medical community, if you're actually going to take your oath seriously, you would think it's reasonable to look into that stuff. Um, but once again, there's a strong incentive to keep people from doing so. Yeah. Yeah. The DeMar Hamlin thing, man. Yeah, that shit was crazy, dude. I, uh, and I'll say this too. This is a little bit of a devil's advocate point. And I'll, I like sports. I like football. I fuck with it. I like watching it. I grew up in the South. I went to a big football college. And so I'm not trying to bash on anything, even though what I'm about to say may sound like it. But I've been seeing a lot of people get fucked up real bad playing football recently. Um, and they keep trying to change all these rules about targeting and about this and that and the third, and they try to make new helmets. And it seems like it's not helping. It's maybe even making it worse, uh, just the way that its numbers are going. And then that very ninth of this DeMar Hamlin thing happened. I was watching highlights from the game that happened before, and two people went head to head and smacked each other. They both fell limp to the ground, and then the highlight just changed to the next play. I don't even know what happened to those people. But that was from the game right before. And then this Tamar Hamlin thing happens immediately after, which is, you know, could be a freak accident. Either way, it's a freak accident, whether it has to do with the vaccine or not. That shit's crazy. Um, and it's just nuts. I don't know. It's it's a little, it's a little wild. I don't know that I could uh, play football. So mad respect to those that do, because that's kind of crazy. But 
that dude, yeah, he got smacked and then just like stood up. And then within a second or two, just fell right back over. That was the craziest part about it. I don't know if you've seen video, but he got hit. I haven't, no. He went to the ground and like didn't even seem like he was on the ground long. He got back up, like just hopped right back up, ready to go. And within like two seconds of being up on the ground, standing on his feet, he just goes limp and falls down, like arms up and then fall like crazy looking. Didn't even get like his arms up in the air, like Frankenstein kind of look. Just had like this complete limp thing. Uh, and it was after he got up from being hit the first time. So that made it weird. Um, I totally believe the thing about the heart though, too. Like, I mean, I know that's super rare, but like, it, it seems like to me, I can think about it as like getting double jumped on a trampoline. Like someone hits it right before you do. And then you're just like, boom. Um, I can sure. see that. Or like, you know, if you hit a note that's, uh, you know, discordant to the note that's right next to it, like you play a half step and another half step and you kind of get that weird, like, disharmony that happens i could see that being a reason for sure um and all sorts of crazy shit happens in football so like you're saying uh you don't want to get trapped into one way of thinking like this has got to be the vaccine or it can't be uh we should we should be open to investigating it on all fronts yeah well and again and again like if you're if you want to be have this vaccine critical take on it you should like understand the greatest case that you the greatest strength to your case that you have here, which is that it's like all op- all options should be on the table. Why are you insisting they aren't on the table? Exactly. Why are you being a purist about this? Right, right. Especially, especially when the numbers are on our side. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and on our side, like it's a fucking weird way of talking about it in the first place. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, it's fucking, it's crazy shit, dude. Um, and then, yeah, finally, um, uh, proletarian cooking, um, <laughs> cro- dude, crockpots. I have a, I have a new update on this. Okay. So I'm officially a crockpot stan. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to come around, but God damn, man. Uh, yesterday I was feeling really lazy and I had all these defrosted pork chops and I was like, what am I going to do with all these defrosted pork chops? Uh, I don't want to fucking deal with them. Like, I don't want to cook right now. I threw them into the crock pot. Mm-hmm. Onions on, uh, onions in there yeah. with them and some barbecue I sauce. I was about to say, dude, and slathered them boys up with barbecue. Slapped them up. Holy shit, dude. Let them cook for seven hours. And um, yeah, man. Fuck yeah. I don't even, I don't even understand. Like, I don't, I don't understand. That's okay. Here's the thing. I don't, I don't get how this thing even works. Right? <laughs> Neither do I. Like, 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 it's Fuck. just like it's a big, like ceramic pot, and like there's a non-sealed lid that you just drop on top of it, and like it's just a bucket that gets warm, it's like not even hot, just warm. Like, <laughs> I, I, dude, I don't get it, but um, but yeah, man, it's dude. fucking. I'm in love. I'm in love with this fucking thing, dude. I'm in my crock pot era, right? Yeah, now. it's a good era to be in, bro. That's like that's a real comfortable area era, honestly. That's like settling into a certain type of comfortability, like a stage of adulthood almost, if you will, because it's oh, yeah. real nice. You can just throw shit in there and go. You can forget about it almost. Like it's the only cooking option where you can feel confident when you leave the house and leave it running. Like you don't want to yeah. leave the oven on when you go to the store or go to the, like wherever, but 
you can 100% do that with a crock pot. And it's even recommended that you do. It's like, go ahead and turn this bitch on before work, throw some soup in there. And by the time you're back, you got dinner. You know what I mean? It's like it's doing all the work while you're away. It's almost like having a nanny in the kitchen or something. It's, it's nice. It's like a poor man's like hired in chef. You know, you just put stuff in there, you just prep it up a little bit and then it's there and it's ready to go when you come back. And it just does the work for you. Yeah. Like do the thing. Okay. Right. So, so we've been doing, we've been doing meal prep and, uh, Mm -hmm. and one thing for me that's difficult is, is having the motivation to cook something when I need to. Right. And I think that's the big thing. And I think that people just beat their head against a wall over and over again. Um, but for me, the big thing was just one day it just went off like a light bulb. I was like, we just, we went and we got a bunch of Pyrex containers Mm -hmm. and I just started prepping a week's worth of food of stuff that can last. Right. And it's, uh, you know, it's four servings of of three different dishes. Right. So, so this is six days. I'm not including the day I make it because I, I make, I have some for dinner that night, but like basically like there's two of us. So there's, there's six servings total, right? A, a just mm-hmm. fucking six nights dinner. Um, and you just take the Pyrex and you just toss it into the motherfucking toaster oven. Yep. Like we were talking about earlier and uh, before we were recording. And uh, and it's like a little TV dinner, but it's not a TV dinner because it's actually good for you homemade. and fucking tasty and homemade and good. Um, I was about to actually say, dude, I, so I, my one problem with like the meal prepping, I do meal prep. I sometimes do it so I can like take stuff to work and heat it up at lunch. But yeah. I don't use the microwave. Um, like I won't, I won't, I won't use a microwave. I won't eat anything that's microwaved. I don't fuck with the microwave. I, we had one in the apartment I'm, or the house I live in when we moved in and I just took it and I put it into like the closet in the basement. We don't use it. Um, I, I don't feel comfortable with them. And so I sometimes find that it's restrictive. Um, because mm-hmm. if you meal prep and you go to work or whatever, like they just have a microwave or they may have a toaster oven, but can be take a little longer to heat up. Um, but the, the Pyrex dishes in the toaster oven, uh, when you have the time and which is not even a lot of time, it's just like a lunch break or work. Um, that's really the move. I have been trying to get yes. more of those dishes. I have some like little tin ones and foil and stuff like that. Um, but it's been hard for me to find single serving pyrex style dishes like i have ones for casseroles and shit but uh i'll send you a link to them i got them at costco they're pricey it's like it's gonna it's a little bit of a startup cost yeah but it's worth it because you they're good they last they can go hot to cold um 100 well so so and so here's the thing right it's just like the real way to make the thing with eating, right, is that it's just like if something's there and you can just reach out and just eat it without any effort, that's the thing you're going to fucking yeah. do. So you like you need to make it convenience is is much more significant than I think people give it credit for being able to just take it out. It's pre-portioned. You can literally even just eat it out of that if you don't want to make more dishes, mm-hmm. dirty more dishes. Um, it's super easy. The toaster oven takes about 20 minutes to heat it up. Um, which is like a downside. Um, yeah, but it's not it's terrible. A- I mean, it's 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 slower than like a you know a microwave or like some sort of like fast food option. But it's about as fast as like cooking anything is going to be in your house. Exactly, Except it's about as fast as that. it's going to get if you don't want to do a microwave. Yeah, and you don't have to be um, on your feet. You just put it in and you know go forget about it for twenty minutes. 
Totally. And so, um, yeah, it's, but, but, but so anyway, so I've been doing that and I fell out of it a little bit because one of the problems is making like three huge dishes mm. in like one day is, is like a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. And like, it produces so many fucking dirty dishes that it like, it can take, it takes me like three fucking loads in the dishwasher half the time. And, but dude, this is one of my things now is it's just like the ability to, you know, make a bunch of meal prep stuff. I'll make two dishes now, right? We'll say I'm doing fried rice and something. I don't want to get too fucking boring about this, but point is, is throwing something in the crock pot to go along with all that other stuff yeah. is like a fucking game changer. That's the dude. shit. And they're pretty and big. And you can cook, you, you know exactly, you can cook a shitload of stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've got a personal one. I use it a lot. I've been getting real creative with it. Like a couple of years ago, I did a, uh, a cooking competition um and it was like a fall harvest cooking competition and i got like went out and got a pumpkin and i got some butternut squash and i got some um i mean it doesn't matter what i put in it but a bunch of sweet stuff I essentially made like a fondue with like pumpkin and butternut squash medley and like a little bit of nutmeg and pumpkin pie spice stuff um and made like this like dip type situation that's almost like the inside of a pumpkin pie uh, and, uh -huh. and I got to just carry the crock pot around with me. Like I took it and set it up on the table at the competition and just served right out of the pot. It worked well as a way to keep it hot. It was just one single dish I had to use. It's fantastic. I love the crock pot. I use it at home. Like you were saying for pork a lot, like I'll get cheap cuts of pork. Like you can get like, uh, these types of like spare ribs and shit like that. that are like, or, or rib tips is a big thing where I live. Um, I've been doing country style country ribs. Country style ribs, day. absolutely. Yeah, dude. That's actually my favorite. Yeah, I like those. I get those, toss them in on low, put a fuckload of barbecue sauce in there, some onions, uh, and then you just let it cook, dude. And then it's soft when it comes out. It's real moist. Fuck, man. The crock pot's the shit, dude. The crock pot is the shit. The crock pot is the shit. I got a beef roast that's just been sitting in my freezer for a while that I think I might just go ahead and do. Okay. That was the other thing too. And again, I mean, we can wrap up here in a sec, but, but, um, but, uh, you can like, I threw the fucking pork chops in frozen. Oh yeah. And it dude. like came out great. No worries. So yeah. I mean, it's fucking just smooth sailing, dude. It like, it literally cooks it better than if you did it all actively by hand. Yeah. And it's the lowest effort I can basically think of. Yeah, I do the crock pot, the crock pot, and also I won't lie, the air fryer. The air fryer and the crock pot have kind of revolutionized my cooking game over the past couple years. Oh, so you you're you're a uh, you're into the uh, the air fryer, huh? I'm into the air fryer. I uh, I don't know about the instant pot in that kind of situation, but the air fryer. I fuck with the air fryer. I'm I know anti-instapot. I know that the air fryer is like it's the hip thing, you know what I mean now when it's like the like neo lib fad or whatever, but it was it, at least. Yeah. It works, bro. The air fryer, man, dude, I'll tell you what really sold me on it is that um over the holidays, you can get like a small turkey breast or like, you know, if you don't have a big family or feeding it's a handful of people or something, you can get a turkey breast, you take it you know, go ahead and put some garlic butter in that bitch. Go ahead and stab it up good and inject it with butter and stuff like that. You coat the outside of it and you put that bitch in the air fryer 
and dude, oh my God, it's so good. Like it was, it gets it nice and crispy on the outside if you coat it with oil well enough and then on the inside. And I use like an olive oil. I won't use like a vegetable oil or canola, any, any of that bullshit. Use a good olive oil, um, which is actually pretty healthy for you. And then it's, it's just really good. It cooks quickly. Um, it cooks pretty thoroughly. Uh, and so the convenience factor is pretty much off the charts. And it doesn't do like microwave shit. Like the thing that microwave throws me off is like, that's just not right. Like you're just like sending fucking microwaves through food that's causing its internal like water to do weird shit. And then yeah, like, moving their fucking molecules. Yeah, that's shit. weird. This just gets that's, hot really fast. <laughs> yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And you can fry shit without having to use like a fuckload of nasty oil, which is really nice as well. Because like, I'm from the South. I like fried chicken, fried shit, you know, stuff like that. And most of the time, you're going to have to go somewhere that's using canola oil, you know, using some sort of fucked up seed oil. Uh, and to be able to just kind of use like a virgin olive oil to rub down like some meat and toss it in there. It's a game changer. Yeah, 100%. So yeah, I guess go ahead and cook some food if you're listening to this. Use a crock pot. Use an air fryer. If you don't have one, go get a crock pot. Uh, if you can afford an air fryer, get one of those too. Fuck. Dude, honestly, just, just fucking make some good fucking food. Yeah, eat it with the ones you love too. God bless. God bless. All right, well, should we cut it there? Yeah, I think we cut it. All right, Slav, Let's man. Let's do it.